hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to the latest twirl of the Monday Nooner podcast. The fellas are back after a little couple week uh, hiatus. Senior hockey is behind us. We'll talk a little bit about uh, a wrap on the senior hockey season and interview coming up here, fellas. But what is it? I didn't have it in front of me. I do now. Twirl 157. Been a while. How's everybody's uh, April? It was uh, it was interesting not having a senior hockey show, right? Because that's kind of wrapped. It Oak. is. Turn off the lights. The Coppell Valley Highway League, the only league to play into April, finished, I think, on April 1st, which was a uh, Friday night or Saturday night. Saturday. Belcaris Bronx, we'll talk about that and some viral shenanigans that went on in Belcaris, maybe in our senior hockey segment. Fellas, we've got some rumblings about uh, senior hockey in the province for next year already. So lots uh, lots going on, some senior hockey talk as well. But uh, this twirl, just like the rest of what we've been doing, brought to you by the King of Trucks in Rosetown, Mainline GM, Mainline Chrysler. Worth the drive every time, guaranteed. Anybody know anything going on out there in uh, our town? I don't, but I do know that I'm going to get in the old uh, white sexy wagon back here, I think, next week. It's been up there. And some work done on her. Right? That hailstorm that buzzed through here last August wrecked the old heavy Chevy. And uh, yeah, I was up there do- getting some work done on her. And they said, hey, want us to fix the hail damage as well? And I said, absolutely. So going to get the heavy Chevy back next week. I know Shouty Scotty was trying to talk me into a trade in, but uh, no, going to keep, keep white lightning for a few more years. Probably. Yeah, I don't thing. know what's going on up there. Probably a thing though, right? They they want uh, they want the trades. So as guys getting guys Absolutely. are getting ready to seed, and you're thinking maybe uh, get a new rig on the books, get out there to mainline King of Trucks. The Chrysler side, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. They're actually hiring service technicians right now. So uh, if you're in the West Central looking for a good gig, you can get in contact with them. This is what they say they offer, fellas: aggressive pay plans. Benefits after just three months must possess a valid driver's license and bonus if you have a Chrysler certification. So, uh, yeah, good pay, good company, mainline Chrysler service technicians, King of Trucks in Rosetown if you're looking for a new job in the West Central. I bet you, you know what I was thinking? I bet you they'll hire you even if you don't have a license. But you probably need a license to be a mechanic, right? If you got to take a take a rig for a spin, if you got something wrong with it, that'd be like a surgeon not having fingers, right? Here. Does so say fine. must have valid uh, class five. So, King of Trucks, Rosetown hiring also got a lot full of uh, new and pre-owned vehicles, fellas. We're back at her. We're we're uh, let's just jump right in. Let's go back to the last show and our last show recap. Twirl one fifty six was Ray Ferraro. Razor, chicken parm, weapon. That was a that was a big one, right? A lot of comments, a lot of views on that clip about the Jeff Audra story. Installer, <laughs> like I really like going back, and then when we get into our interview this week, I like going back where you know guys don't necessarily go all the time, and he just loved talking about that. What a freaking year he had! Oh, had lots of feedback from uh, Ray. People really enjoyed that one. I think for myself, that was probably a top five. Like, I just thought he was really good, right? Obviously, a seasoned professional has been in broadcasting since he retired. But uh, 
probably one of our best spoken and some of the best stories and uh, top 10 for sure. Nooner all time uh, interview. F-350 style. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Anytime no. we get Jeff Audrey's content, we tend to go a little viral on social media. Mainly thanks to uh, Dragger, right? Because he always shares it and he's got like 2 million followers. He kind of, he's the Nooner uh, marketing viral sure. tip, tipping point. Yeah. Yeah. Dregs. Dregs. Um, yeah. So the last show recap for Arctic Spa in Saskatoon and Regina. I'm not there, fellas, but I hear that the melt is on up there and a perfect time to start shopping a hot tub and figuring out where you're going to plot it in the backyard. You know, it is, Barney, because the snow is going to be gone right away. And you know what? The ground is still frozen. Frost hasn't come out yet. You can still put a lot of weight on her. So get that crane on the grass if you need and set the new hot tub in the back and uh, you'll be buzzing. Now's the time. That's our horticultural segment as well. That's right. No, but it's uh, a great time to get into a hot tub. They got a lot of deals. I think they're like up to seven, nine grand off on some tubs. You know, so they're reeling a deal and they, they get it shipped. If you're outside of Saskatoon, if you're outside of Regina, just visit one of the shops. If you need uh, other stuff too, barbecue smokers, smoker pellets. They even got um, resin furniture there. I was there helping fix some stuff there uh, for them. And these chairs they have are freaking like so heavy. They're big, like patio furniture stuff that doesn't like doesn't fade or nothing in, in the sun. Really nice stuff. So they got lots of other stuff besides tubs too. So go, uh, go check them out. If you have any people coming over this summer and you're worried about the weight limit on your right, chairs. These are perfect. There you go. No, no, you guys, you guys take those two over there. Boys, if you're gonna bring boys, you're bringing some heavy hitters home. Just chuck them in there. Be good. Last show recap. Uh, coming up, and the come up for General Well Servicing. Yep. Oil rig. Yeah. Oil rig. What's going on? Like, it's probably pretty good time to be out there firing whatever they fire. I don't uh, know what uh, what's road band season. Is that coming up? Yeah, we're right. We're right there now. I think um, road band season on here for a little bit. A lot of snow and uh, moisture in the uh, southeast. So probably some road bands for the next little bit. But I actually heard uh, the day group companies. They're all over, right? And they've actually expanded some projects into the states. I saw Fowler posted they're uh, working down in North Dakota. He's been getting lots of cross border travel. Hey, I had a. Uh, I played indoor golf on Good Friday with a group of guys. One guy was a border uh, patrol guy. Oh yeah, for the he's an RCMP, but basically he covers like from freaking the southwest to the southeast, and yeah. they have like little houses they can stay in. Ones in like Maple Creek, ones in Arndoff, or somewhere around there. Right. Right. It was interesting, man, talking to a guy. Like I said, if I were to be down at like Unger. And yeah. be like two miles away from the border and tried to run across the border. How long till somebody tracks me down? And Good he's call. like, 15 minutes tops. Like if you're oh. on foot in the middle of nowhere. So tops. I got a, I want a story. This is a couple of years ago. I do, I hunt a lot. And my buddy, Greg, me and him went down pheasant hunting down there. And we're like down, we're just, you know, buzzing around, eating, not eating and talking more than hunting. All of a sudden he's like, I'm like, what? A, like, what is this 10 mile sign? He's like, nah. next one, another mile sign. And I'm like, I don't think this is right. And he's like, huh, we're in the United States. 
Like we're like probably about ten miles in, like you know, just on the back roads. And shit. We, yeah, we got guns and everything, like all oranged up. We're like, Ugh. got back as quick as we could. Everything was cool, but it was like, oh my god, could you imagine getting caught down? So there? nobody tracked you down or anything. No, like I say, we were ten minutes tops, and we were out and never heard. Yeah, he's like, how long ago was this? How many years? Uh, about three years ago, four years. Okay, because he was telling me like the technology nowadays is so advanced that. Um, yeah, he told me like 15 minutes, 10 minutes kind of talks. Really? But he said like a lot of what they're doing is like people s- like either smuggling immigrants into the country. Right. Or like illegal drugs or whatever, illegal things. But he's like about, what did he tell me? And I hope I'm not speaking out of school, but he's like, they catch about 85% of the things that, you know, they don't get a hundred percent of every, no. but they bad about eighty five percent is what uh, so I was told. But what like I'm, I've always so you're telling been, me there's a chance. I've always yeah, been yeah. fascinated by this. So like, how do they how do they find people? Is like a heat seeking kind of thing from above, or don't I don't know. know. Is there a wire that trips. I'm not sure. I don't know. But I was asking him. I'm like, what happens to somebody if they get caught? Right. He's like, well, you get deported and you get charged, but basically the charges in Canada don't really matter once you're gone so basically just get deported but good to know can't go back a friend of a friend who was down in the states one time i think he's playing college baseball and he was coming home and he apparently just like was like zoned out and blew right through the border crossing and literally got caught by like 10 cop cars like cutting him off and surrounding him he didn't even like realize like he wasn't trying to break any rules he was just zoned out what happened he just Buzzed right through the crossing, I guess. No, but what happened to him once they like? I, I don't know. I don't think he got charged or anything. It was just, yeah. I, I went down. I went down one time and brought some stuff, and they thought we were like trying to like screw him, which we weren't. But it was like either like you're on the radar now, and I was like, but I didn't do anything. They're like, well, we think you did. You're on the radar. So then the next time back in Vegas, fly back. Who hops in the car to come back with me and Mrs. B? Shink. We go. Out, we're like, hey. Have all your receipts ready for all your shit. We're going in here. Pull up. They're like, look at my pa-. They look at their passports. Like, oh, that's good. Okay, see yours. They look at me. They're like, in that garage right now. Yeah. Remember? I Pull remember that now. Did it go through all the shit? They're like, okay, everything's good. See you later. And we got to go. I was like, get ready because here she comes. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. I totally remember that now. Well, they don't mess in around. In, in, the, in the garage. Hey, that's our border <laughs> crossing. Like, segment you, of the week. Here's a here's a here's a quick one. And I was like 18 or 19, whatever, living in Arizona. We jetted into Mexico and we went all the way to like Nugalas, and then we came back. And that's like the days before you had picture ID in Saskatchewan. We had that like piece of paper that you could use a raise uh, razor and a yeah. eraser and change your I uh I tried to get back across and I'm with all these guys from the states. They didn't let me back. They're like, What is this? And I'm like, that's my ID. They're like you're mean to tell me that you're down here and you're from this place in Canada. I'm like, listen to me talk. So <laughs> I like, I had to hang out in like the Nogales, which is like a small Tijuana little holding cell thing until they, they legit thought, you were... <laughs> thought that then you can't like, I'm like, I don't know, call my parents. They're probably going to shit their pants, but I'm like, it's pre everything. And all my, all my other guys are like on the other side of the border. Now one guy walked across with a freaking machete. I remember <laughs> Rob Newell from New Mexico walked across with a machete and I'm getting stopped for my Mickey Mouse 
<laughs> ID. Oh man, I was shitting bricks and it They're... stunk. Oh, it stunk in there. So guys are like taking a shit oh. in the corner and you're like just standing there. Oh. <laughs> They're like phoning. They're like phoning all the golf courses. Are you missing a grass cutter? Are you missing a grass cutter? <laughs> oh man, it was so crazy. Anyway, that's uh, the come up. I was just gonna say, I went to uh, Washington State a few years ago, and we drove there in one day. It was a very well, crazy a trip. Hike. Yeah, through freezing rain and through the Coca-Cola and all that shit. And uh, we finally made it to Seattle at like 11, 12, 1 a.m. After leaving at like five a.m find this pub that's open and we're like, okay, we just need a beer. Show them our IDs. Saskatchewan. They would not accept Saskatchewan identification. They're like, what is this place? This is like two years ago. They're like, this isn't real. Like, yes, it is. This is a place like two states provinces over. Like they had no idea where it was. Wouldn't accept it. Wouldn't serve us. Wow. Yeah. They're so, I mean, yeah, they don't know who we are. Had to go get the old passport and use that as ID. But uh, well, like when you play down there, when I played down there, people would come up to me and be like, "You're from Canada? Do you know Tom from Toronto?" What? T O Tom? No, I don't know Good Tom guy. from Toronto. Yeah, like they, they literally don't know Tom. No Tom from <laughs> Toronto. Yeah, it's like what is going on here, fellas? Let's. We talked about the border a lot. It was a lot of border talk. It was good. You guys uh, ever watch that border security TV show? Uh, all the time. On, uh, yes. All the time. <laughs> so I love it. That's our border, border uh, crossing segment. <laughs> Coming up. The uh, Rusty Brandon Shovel. Brandon, uh, Brandon's going to talk about uh, senior hockey in the back half. And then our interview this week, guy that has played 900 ice hockey games in the National League, former Regina Pat, Regina boy, fought a lot of heavies. Uh, we get into a lot of his junior career and his world junior story, which is pretty cool. Garth Butcher will join us. So there's the come up. And we started all this with the uh, day group of companies and general wealth servicing. That's how we got down that rabbit hole. Bunch of weapons. Uh, shout outs. Take it away. Synergy AG, local crop input retailer, bunch of locations, crop input season just around the corner. If you haven't got everything you need, talk to the local guys at Synergy AG. They got a lot of viral publicity based on their uh, Zamboni advertisement on the Belcaris Zamboni after Bernie's uh, beauties. Took a little ride with the Coupel Valley Highway Hockey League trophy at three in the morning. We'll talk about that a little bit in our senior hockey segment. I ran into uh viral Bernie at uh, Pat's game this week. And we talked about uh, their win in the Coppell Valley highway hockey league, but yeah, shout outs this week. Uh, I'll go first. I want to give a shout out to uh, this is going back a couple weeks, but played in a rec hockey tourney fellas in uh, Rolo. What a fundraiser. Uh, what a weekend. Nice what a barn. weekend. Yeah. For a guy who wasn't going to have any cocktails, I had a really uh, good time. <laughs> Raised a bunch of money for the Rolo Rink. I don't know uh, exactly how much. They have a bunch of awesome sponsors, but then they do a Calcutta shootout auction where every player in the tournament gets auctioned off, like 80 guys. It's last man standing. And uh, yeah, helped out with that a little bit. Old Clarkie was on the mic there, and we sold all the shooters. And any guesses who might have won that thing, fellas? Marky. Yeah. No. Keith Ollie, Rolo Saskatchewan, former NHLer, 
very hard wrist snapshot compared to everyone else in the uh, tournament. Stud. But uh, yeah, Keith Ollie won the shootout. His dad, Bill Ollie, purchased him. So how it works is the shooter gets 25% of the pot, the buyer gets 25%, and the rink gets 50%. Nice. So the total was thirty grand. So the winning shooter got seventy five hundred dollars. Like this is a pretty, wow. it's it's not playing for pennies, right? And then the buyer got seventy five, and then the rink got fifteen thousand. But uh, yeah, yours truly scored one goal, which was nice to get out of the first round. Didn't think I would, to be honest. Little what were the goalies uh, like or the goalies like one goalie, big Nooner fan, gave him a hoodie. He was actually in the top of the bracket challenge uh, for quite a while. Buddy of Clarkies, but uh, played a lot of senior. Trevor Virguts. He played like all over. He's a seasoned, uh, I think he's a teacher actually, but he's a seasoned senior hockey guy, now a rec guy. He took all the shots. Wow. Oh, wow. They about 75 shooters, and he played in two games that day, two games the day before. If you don't score, if you score, you move on to round two. If you don't score, you get a second life. And I bet you 60 of the 75 guys didn't score, so they got to shoot again. So he's faced 120 shots in round one. He probably faced 150 breakaways in 20 minutes. Wow. And he didn't seem to really fatigue that much. People are like, no, he lives for this shit. Like, he's he'll be fine. Does Does he get any cake? I don't think he does, no. I think he just wants to help out. He's helped. He it was. They've done it for oh. years, I guess. Oh, f- I don't have it on me. So he's so into this. I think Clark used to kind of run the tournament, but he does a Calcutta booklet that gives you odds on some of the top guys, and then a like a s- stories about them and stuff. Like oh it's all God. chirping. Yeah, it's like thirty page little pamphlet. It'll have odds like this guy plays with the Notre Dame Hounds or the SJHL. His odds are nine to one. Flipping through, there's like this terrible picture of me from when I did a photo shoot when I worked at the radio station. It's like <laughs> 60 to 1 odds. And it's just like chirping me about the nooner. Like the one line I remember is like, Brandon has interviewed so many hockey players, he actually thinks he is one. <laughs> <laughs> just like little chirps like that. And they like pulled my Deadly. D1 adult safe stats. And like, he's a two point a game guy and D2 adult safe. And should have your uh, Friday 3 o'clock skate stats. Oh, you get called out. That's two right. Games, two games, six God. goals. So where did you? I, you said you weren't going to guzzle. So where did Mrs. Clark make you up a bed in the basement or what? Where'd you sleep? I, I got the offer. Actually, I drove home Friday. I didn't drink. Yeah. Saturday, I wasn't going to drink, and they started flowing. I actually uh, took first choice from Rolo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hundred and twenty dollars. Well spent. That's get home bad. safe. Yeah. Any other uh, any other shout outs? Yeah, sorry, that was a little long winded. I got a shout out. To... I have a shout out to uh now we, we differed on what we heard this weekend, Chink, but give Trevor Wisey Weisgerber a little shout out for his tournament. He held the spring tourney for the kids in Mooscha. He talks a lot, he's talked a lot about it for years. So it was kind of a surprise that it actually happened this year but heard he did a good job i heard he did a pretty good job i know some guys say that the uh schedules weren't super great but uh the guys i talked to said that uh that was good the facilities were good that's a lot of work to do tons of work and it's great for us because regina is so close to moose jaw quick little zip there no i i just heard like our team obviously and we 
we didn't even play that. It was just the games were really spread out. Like their only game Friday was like nine forty five at night, which it was good Friday. Doesn't matter. They're kids, but yeah, I was I wasn't sure. I was like, is this a twenty four hour kind of tournament thing for kids or what's <laughs> going on here? But anyway, yeah, we were we were down here and it didn't matter to us. But yeah. no, that's that's a ton of work. Let's give him kudos when he organizes an eleven p.m. Calcutta shootout when everyone's buckled. <laughs> then we'll give him kudos. <laughs> uh, any other ones? Or are we done? You know, I, I got maybe I got a couple. I got I got a couple of guys, Mark and Corey, that I golfed with in uh, in Vegas last week, and it was brutal weather for April. It was freezing cold. It was windy, and they stuck with it. Uh, Spiro as well, uh, Western Pizza fame, and uh, Darren. Man, those guys. Shout out to shout out to them for braving the cold. Yeah, shout out Corey and Trevor as well. Good guys. Good Goodies. guys. Synergy AG shout outs this week. Do we want to talk some senior quick or do we want to get right into our uh, butcher fest with uh, Garth Butcher? <laughs> yeah, no, let's uh, let's get into it. In the interview for Great Western Brewing. We've had so many in the last week. People message us about the beer deal for their ball teams. See? Get, get Weddings? On yeah, and a wedding, pickleball wedding, and a ball, a few ball teams. So get in on it. Just DM us if you want. We'll get the rep in the area to get you in the GW beer deal, and you'll get a kickback for your ball team, slow pitch, whatever the heck you play. Uh, and yeah, great Western Brewing. Thanks so much for sponsoring the Nooner. Here he is, a Regina boy, almost 900 games in the show. And we're going to talk a lot about his junior and growing up in Regina days. Here's Garth Butcher. Why wouldn't a guy? All right, uh, joining us here. Uh, this is one that I've wanted to get for a long time. I've actually held on to his number for about a year and a half. And then on the heels last episode of Ray Ferrero, his WHL stories, I was like, we got to go and get the man. Former Regina Pat, Garth Butcher, joining us. Former NHLer for a lot of years as well. Garth, th- thanks so much for hopping on the Monday Nooner. Oh, thanks. Glad to be here. Probably on, on this, more famous for being a Regina Pat than NHL, but that, that's okay. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. No, no we're going we're gonna to get through uh, through a lot of stuff here. So uh, what is Garth Butcher up to these days? You're in the Pacific Northwest. Kind of give the people uh, that haven't been keeping up with you what your life's all about right now. Uh, well, I uh, mostly live in, in Bellingham, Washington. Um, bought a place on the, the lake here. Uh, actually... When I, uh, uh, another older John Pat there, I, I had a couple beers with the other night, uh, Dennis Sobchuk. Dennis Savi was here, right? And so Savi was here and and I was going through, uh, had gotten a green card when I was in St. Louis and tax stuff. And and I heard about this cool lake in, in Bellingham, Washington. So uh, bought a place back here in 94. Um, the plan was always to, uh, retire in Vancouver and and had a great spot that we were going to build on and do it. And then we just kind of stayed here for a couple of summers while I was still playing. And then for one year after and uh, decided it was home. So uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm not, I, I still consider it a suburb of Canada though. So just so you know, like I'm, I'm 27 minutes from the border. So I'm up over the border a lot and uh, get to come up games and, uh, I've got some business. I've got a mortgage fund up in uh, Langley, BC. And uh, so kind of working hard, hardly working. I can't really say I, I'm uh, got a nine to five or anything like that. Yeah. I'm pretty, uh, I've been, I've been very fortunate and 
things have gone well. So I'm just kind of hanging on the lake. So let's go back to your minor hockey. You're from Regina. Obviously that's a huge, you know, contingent of ours that listen. What about those days? Like who did you play with? What was the minor hockey like in Regina back in that time? Um, well, well, basically it, uh, I don't know how long your show is, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, ultimately there was, there was 10 um, divisions or t- 10 different Jones. areas. Uh, I played in, uh, I grew up in North Regina. As you know, by my attire, you know, I, I grew up I like it. Right and, I like it. Not, and uh, I always tease the uh, South Enders that I was a Slomanian and they were the rich silver spooners. And of course, the Wiccanizers, I tell them that all the time, they're silver spooners and they insist they're not. But uh, so, so anyway, uh, no one in my family played hockey at all. I've got no, I've got no, I had no cousins, I had no uncles, I had no brother, sister, family whatsoever. And I went to uh, Sherwood School, which is now called Elsie Marinac School, who was my principal, who I was brought on the floor several times with, but that's another <laughs> thing. And, um, you know, in those days we had, a, they were at the school, there was an outdoor rink. You know, it did have square corners, which worked for my stick handling abilities. So that was good. <laughs> um, but if there was a heated shack, and, and I hate to date myself, but the heated shack was basically ran by... One of the uh, city of Regina, uh, one of the Ram Junior football players would be there, uh, like Bob Poley back in the day and stuff like that. And it was a coal, it was literally a coal stove and it was open and we had lights and I just skated and like, I skated from my house down the road to the rink or I'd bring my skates to school and that's what we did. And I, I remember Many nights, you know, my dad having to finally come get me at, at nine o'clock and, and take me off the rink and put my toes over the heat register, burning and crying as they thawed out. And it was, but it just seemed very, very normal at that time. And so anyway, I, I played house hockey. I, I, I had no idea that there was these teams and organized teams and whatnot. And all of a sudden, I think I'm a pretty cool guy around school and when I'm nine and I see these guys walk around these jackets and they got, you know, there's, uh, it was the Regina Red Wings who was coached by uh, Jock Callender's father, Jock and Drew Callender, who are dear friends of mine. Uh, his father, who was a fireman at the time, he, he coached the hockey team. And so, but I didn't know, I was just playing house. So there was the, it was the Regina Red Wings were the A team and the Sabres were the B team. And even the Sabres, in my mind, had pretty cool jackets. I, like, <laughs> that's it. You know, the girls like those jackets. So, like, <laughs> Big jacket guy. Yeah, I said, yeah, well, apparently, because mine wasn't very good that I had. But, um, so I didn't I didn't try out. Uh, I never played. They called it Tom Thumb in those days. It was 9 and 10, which was the A team and the B team. So I didn't try out. I was a, uh, a slick, stick-handling, smooth-skating centerman on in-house hockey. Which we played, we played uh, half the games in the outdoor arena at school, and we played half the games at the Kinsman, which was like, was like going to MSG. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I go from, I go from outdoor at, at Sherwood School, freezing my ass off, to MSG, the Kinsman Arena, like, and that was that was it, and half, you know, half and half. So, which is and- which is the worst rink in Western Canada currently, yeah, by far. <laughs> Is it? Oh yeah. So for me, so I don't know that anymore. But for me, I grew up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a whole more stories we can get into that. 
Sabi and Dennis, Dennis uh, uh, Billy Hickey Hockey School and Dennis Sobchuk being my instructor. Uh, so, so anyway, it, uh, so at, at 10 years old, the last year of Tom Thumb, which is Adam now, I guess. Yeah. I tried out. And because I, I really needed one of those jackets if I was going to get the attention of any of the girls whatsoever. So, <laughs> it, uh, so um, apparently they gave you the jacket if you'd made the team. So, it, uh, so we, I tried out. And I went from a smooth skating, deking centerman in a house to a slug defenseman. And I made, but I made the team. I made the A team. I made the, the Red Wings, the A team in my last year of Adam. I was the worst player on the team. I was <laughs> defenseman number six. And I, I don't think I got a goal. I had all kinds of in-house hockey. I had just tons of goals. I was rich. My dad gave me a quarter and every goal, and I was making big bank. So <laughs> you guys are too young. You don't remember this. But for my two years of Bantam, the Regina Pats made – I know now there's teams, you know, select teams all over and things like that. But in the area, we were, we were broken down to, to 10 teams or, or 10, 10 different organizations. And making the team as a – a first-year bantam in Regina in those days was always like you had to be really good because it all of a sudden got really tough. Yeah. And so I was fortunate enough for my two years of bantam that was the first time the Pats had ever gone below the Pat Canadians and made a all-star team from Regina for bantam. Hmm. And I tried out for that. And uh, again, I was – if I was the last guy, like I was D-man number six and just barely made it. There was five of us. There was five first-year Bantams that made the team. And I still remember this to this day because this is, uh, you know, fond memories for me. It's, you know, myself and Stewie Wachowski were the two first-year Bantam defensemen. Uh, Gordy Flagel, Scott Switzer, and Jimmy Magoo were the forwards. Wow. And that was there was five guys out of Regina that made it as a first year, as a first year battle. And we played in this league in Saskatchewan and it was, it was unbelievable. Like we, you know, Notre Dame used to have a good midget team at that time. They didn't have a great Bantam team, but we played in the, you know, against Swift and Saskatoon and all these teams. And uh, really, cause that, that was kind of ahead of its time back then. It was doing really it ahead, like when you think, but it was done, it was done through the past. Like, you know, we were practicing at the exhibition stadium. It was like, it was unbelievable. And like, again, no idea what the heck we're doing, but it, uh, so, so anyway, we, we, we went on and you guys obviously know the famous Kamloops Bantam International Tournament. Mm. Like we showed up there out of the blue and we won it. Wow. I mean, and how low I was in the totem pole, we, we had a over, we had, we were one over the player limit you could have. I was a healthy scratch during that tournament my first year back wow. uh, I'm not like I'm not feeding a line when I was saying I'm like the bottom dweller I'm just that's, just hanging in there baby you know that's that's so that's such a good story and message I guess especially for kids nowadays because you hear that quite often right we had Corey Cross on a few episodes ago and he was playing rec hockey and then ends up in the NHL you know four years later it's was was there so you talk about Bantam Garth like so, and I think you play midget. Yeah, now they're, they're already slotted. Oh, they're moving no, away. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Moving yeah. away to play. Like, so in midget, you, you, you make triple A. Did you make it your, your first year midget triple A or? Yeah. Oh, so, so that was bad. So then that was my first year battle. So like I was literally 
you know, I guess, I guess all of a sudden I was the top two defensemen in Regina born in 63 mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and one of the top five players at that point. Yeah. Um, the next year we went to Banner International Tournament again, and now all of a sudden everybody knew us and our closest game and you know the thing I got I got to throw in in case I don't forget you know when we talk about the Pats is is like we were Regina boys eh? like we had it and even in my Pat days we had a bunch of great Regina guys yeah. characters and players and uh, so second year Bantam all of a sudden I guess I'm a player now and uh, we our closest game was the final game we beat North Shore Vancouver eight to two and one that so it we're the I don't know about now. But as of just a few years ago, we were the only team to ever win the Kamloops International Bantam Tournament uh, two years consecutive. That is a cool and stat. It's it's cool. It just happened to be my two years of Bantam. So I was very fortunate. You know, so up to midget, yes, I played in the Pac Canadians for years, a 15-year-old. My dad's kind enough, and he goes, I guess Garth likes this hockey thing. So Sabi, as we know, signs the first million-dollar deal in the WHA. He's a guy. I go to Hickey Brothers Hockey School. Guess where? At the Kinsman Arena. Madison Square. Pretty pumped. <laughs> Pretty pumped. And uh, so I walk in, I, I go, I go walking in the first day, and there's a 74 Corvette with side pipes and flames. And I don't know if you guys know, I'm a car guy. I got cars. So I love cars. I love them still then. Love them then. Love them still. And like, it's like, I go like, who's that? It's Dennis Sobchuk. So Dennis Sobchuk, is teaching it's the first day, so it's going to teach you how to skate. And I, I don't know if you guys have ever, you'd have to see him on film your age, but one of the smoothest, easiest skaters you've ever seen in your life. He's just a natural. And he didn't put on the blades. I saw him 10 years ago. He hadn't had his skates on for 25 years, and he put them on and skated, and it was the same. He's an ama- amazingly natural ability. So anyway, Dennis Sobchuk is going to, and so the story goes, it's like, Teach how to skate day, day one, the end of the day. Obviously, he didn't do a very good, I dropped what I explained up here, but he didn't do a very damn good job <laughs> of teaching me how to skate, obviously. Like he, but there was that vet. Next day I come in, and there's a fully customized van with an opera window and side pipes and fancy murals and all the stuff like that. I said, who's that? And they said, that's Dennis Sobchuk's. I went, okay. So that day was stick handling. Well, obviously he didn't do a very good job of teaching me that either. So I go like, but the one thing he did, and I told this at the party and I had never thought of it before, is I said, the one thing he did was he taught me, I want that. And I'll do anything I can get to get that. I want that vet. I want that van. And I don't know, obviously I can't skate or stick handle or turn to my right, but (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to get that. So I took a little different path. Yeah. Started beating up people, but that uh, anyway. It, uh, <laughs> that's a little, a little Saskatchewan this and that in the in the stuff, and still a dear friend to this day. So, so Garth, what at what point do you go? Like the paths are interested. You're like, holy, like maybe I'm going to be able to do this. Maybe this is you know this is the path I'm gonna take. Like what what transpires that you end up on the paths? Yeah, because there's no bantam draft back. Right. right. Yeah, no, there's no draft. It was it was a protected list, right? Protected area list. Um, so it, it was really funny. And again, I talk about the naivety of it all. Is um, 
That's just what I was going to do. I was just going to be a hockey player. Figured that's what, you know, I sat there and watched Dennis Ocek and Clark Gillies. And I like, isn't that just what we do? I had no idea what the odds were. And if I would know the odds, I probably would have been quite depressed. And and, but (laughs) it just was something I'm just going to, I'm just going to do that. Didn't realize I was no good and and not a chance. And and it was just what, uh, something I was going to do. So it was funny. So played the midget year and then I played as a 16 year old, I played mostly in the SCHL with the Pat Blues and I was, you know, and like I just fought, you know. I don't know if you know our blue line, the Pat Blues that year was me and Al McGinnis and Al Matur, yeah. right? The Pat Blues yeah. when I was 16. So it was like I just went, I fought everybody I could every night all the time when I was 16, and I was fighting the 20 year olds, and I had some great tilts. And I don't know how I didn't train for it, I never did it, it wasn't a plan. I was just I knew that I couldn't skate like Dennis Sobchuk or skate <laughs> and I wanted the vet and the vet. And so it it, it just was uh, – so so anyway, um, that season, and I had, that was the Memorial Cup year, so I was fortunate enough to play a lot in the playoffs. I mean, Brian Murray put me on the wing so I could just fight people. And, like, I wasn't – obviously, we had a pretty good team, and he wasn't going to change up his line much, you know, to let in some snot-nosed 16-year-old defenseman and – so so anyway, that was the that was kind of thing. And and you know, so here's the story you ask. When all along it was just like, yeah, whatever, this is what I do. I don't work out, I don't train, I don't do nothing, I just play hockey and whatever, drink beer, and I look <laughs> my friends and I have a great time. And and um my mom and dad had gone to a block party in northwest Regina there, and it was a oh, big party. So mom and dad probably got greasy, was, probably got greasy. <laughs> oh, it, it, they always did. It just <laughs> It's, uh, it's like like a, a wedding in Saskatchewan, right? You're gonna, it's a pretty good chance the fight's going to break out. Even though we're having a great time. <laughs> and it, it's a great time having a fight. But, so so anyway, uh, and as I'm about to walk up the door and join mom and dad, the phone rings. And it's um, the guy's name was Quinn. And he worked for a Bill Waters agency. And he said to me, he goes, hey, Garth, uh, you know, we'd just love to take you out for dinner. We'd like to represent you. So I'm 16. I guess now I've turned 17 because it's the, and I go, well, like, why? Well, <laughs> am I well, getting charged? <laughs> like, you know, the old house phone, right? Like, well, hello. Um, like, how come? Well, we think you'll get drafted next year. And I went like, no way. Where? <laughs> it's June. <laughs> We're 12 months away, right? It's June. And so um, he goes, well, geez, I don't know. Like, I go, like, like, how high? And he goes, like, we think you might go as high as the fifth round. And I go, no way. That's awesome. Um, so you have a couple, you have a couple pints, you have a couple you know, pills in you at this well, point. I haven't even had pints yet. I'm on my way to the party. I'm, <laughs> and and so he goes, like, you know, can we come into town and take for dinner? I said, oh, that sounds awesome. Whatever. I said, anyway, like, I got to go. I, I'm heading to the block party. And, and uh, he goes, okay, great. Well, we'll be in touch. And I said, oh, awesome. I, I go see mom and dad at the block party. And and um, I said, geez, you won't believe it. I had a call from Bill Waters' office. Not Bill Waters himself. I'm not that high on them. Like, I just get a call from the, the guy down or whatever. And uh, I said, he just told me I might get drafted. And they, my mom and dad said, 
no way. Where? I go, I don't know. Well, how high? I said, they said maybe as high as the fifth round. And they go, oh, that's nice, Garth. Honey, we met Susie over here. And like, it was just like, again, it was, it was just nothing. It was oblivious. Yeah. Big deal. It was, it was just, that's just in my mind, what happened to, well, every hockey player in Regina, right? Like, because I mean, we had so many great players come out of there and stuff. And so, so the, the story goes, so it's funny. So we'll go through the summer. Of course, I don't train. I don't do nothing again. I just like drink beer and have a great time. I like my friends. We're having a good time. Mm-hmm. And um, the first rating came out in the hockey news, whenever that comes out, end of October or whatever, I was rated fourth in the world. Wow. And I was like, well, <laughs> there must have been some good fights. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, like honest to God. So it was just like, Boom. And, and I'm not saying that in a conceited way whatsoever. I was, there's hockey news, you know, there I am with a big, big shiner. And everyone goes, Oh, he must have a tough guy. He must have a fight at training camp. No, it happened in a fight the night before training camp on the street. That's a whole nother story. But so anyway, that's a long answer to yeah. when did I know when I read the hockey news at the end of October or whatever those rankings came out, yeah. it was like, Holy <laughs> I gotta start taking this stuff serious. So the WHL day. So that year going into into draft, where you know your rank so high, you must have had a hell of a year there, more than just fighting. Yeah, you know it's funny. It's it, um, you know games changed obviously, uh, but again that's what I did. I, I think that you know my draft year, and these numbers will be off. I don't really have them scripted, but you know I'm going to tell you that my draft year. Uh, before Christmas, I had 20 points and 200 minutes. And after Christmas, I had 85 penalty minutes and 66 points. And it basically just became, I got room. I, I got space. I told you, Sabi never taught, teach me how to stick out. So I needed some extra space. And I, and I got a lot of room. Yeah. I got a lot of space. And so so that was that was kind of it. And then... Um, you know, the next year in Regina was we had we had a team that I talk about all the time. You know, after I got drafted by Vancouver and whatnot, and uh, um, we had a you know I had Jock Jock Callender came back as an overage. I don't know he got 190 points or something crazy like that, 80 some goals. We had Dave McKaylock who similar stats, slightly lower. Uh, Bernie Pascal, a good old Regina boy who got. 55 goals, I think, and 46 assists. And he was suspended for half the season, for God's sake. And he's wow. Um, so, so the story a young, a young, a young Dale Durkach. Dale Durkach. Uh, Durkey, I was about to bring up Durkey too. Dale Durkach, five foot four. I think they listed him at five five, but they were lying. He's five four, 135. He was, or five five, 135. He's really five four, about a buck 28. And he just stood in front of the net and scored goals. And he got 62, so he's a 17-year-old as an 18-year-old. And Saskatoon also had a really good team and a tough team, and we played them 16 times, and it was wars. And I, and I remember to this day, you know, Saskatoon newspaper is interviewing me. And I said, like, who's – so, well, to back up a little bit, I, I was – I had 318 minutes or something like that. I was I missed some games for the World Juniors, so I would have got more, but 
Well, I might have got more points. You're really good at this. And I got to tell, tell you, Dirk Hatch, they do have them listed at 5'5", so, 145. So I, was, I was fourth on our team <laughs> in penalty minutes with 380 minutes. We had three guys wow. over 100 minutes. And I was fifth, actually fifth in minutes average because Bernie Pascal, who I mentioned earlier, he had more minutes per game. And that's what, you know, we talked about telling the junior stories versus the NHL stories. Like, the reason I know all this is because I've told the story so many times because I talk way more about my days in, in Regina than, than my time in the NHL. And it, it so, so we go to Saskatoon. Dave Brown. I'm, I'm, I'm the Lady Bing winner <laughs> on the team. I, I got the, I'm the Lady Bing with fifth <laughs> most of the minutes. And they interviewed me and they said, who's the toughest guy on the team? I said, uh, it's Dale Durkach. And the guy says, no, like, really? He goes, you got this guy. And I go, no, it's Dale Durkach. I said, well, he goes, like, well, why do you say that? I said, well, because you know all those guys you just listed? If anybody touches him, we'll fucking kill him. <laughs> all of us. I know you'll have to edit that out. No, I, we don't. This, is, here, this I, is an episode. Oh, really? No, it's all good. I can drop F-bombs here. Yeah. Jesus. Now you tell me, I've been the best church apparel. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so Durkee was Durkee was unbelievable. Like he just sat there and potted goals. So so as it goes, I told you all the paddle minutes, all these guys we had, and all the stuff. So, but besides that, we had five fifty goal scorers on the team, and I played the point on the power play. So if you think about that in today's terms, we had a fifty goal scorer sitting on the bench when we had a power play. Oh yeah, eighty some. Boris, I don't know if he got eighty, but he certainly got seventy some. I remember Durkee got sixty-two. Wally Schreiber played the 50, point with me, 56. and he got fifty some on the other point. So I'm just sitting there walking back, dishing it over with these guys and letting them do the work. <laughs> <laughs> what? What did uh, you talked about going up to Saskatoon? There, you must have had a few run-ins with Big Dave Brown in his left hand. Well, that's that's another story I tell. So this is what I when I'm bragging about my Regina team. Like my Regina team from that year, when I'm bragging about that team and I'm with literally, I was just in Nashville with, you know, Jim McKenzie, who was, you know, he's not that, he's not that tough. And, <laughs> and, and, and a whole bunch of, you know, Jason brings in these fantasy caps. All he brings is Grimmers there. He, all he brings in is tough guys, Grats. You know, like Grats. Yeah, he's, not, he's a little soft. Like, and and I'll tell the story. And of course, all of all of those guys, and of course, NHL guys as a rule, but tough guys as a rule, you know, are good. Job. And they got great respect for the guys that went before them. And I said, "Well, you guys, you know, you guys scratch. You're pretty tough." And I said, "But you know, think about this. When I was 18 years old, we we used to fight in in, in the old Saskatoon arena. We used to fight in our own dressing room with each other over who got to fight Dave Brown first." So that will either tell you we were really tough or we were just insane mm -hmm. or stupid or whatever. Because we literally, Al Tour, Mark Centroni, Jeff Crawford, and myself would argue and fight and sometimes push and shove over who got to fight Dave Brown first. What uh, To back up a few years, that year you get called up to the Pats and play in the Memorial Cup. And that's one of the, the biggest controversies ever in the Memorial Cup. What are your thoughts on uh, Mike Keenan and the Peterborough Peets? Um, hated him then. I've always hated him. Don't think he's a good person. But I think he's fucking awful. And mind games. And I never played for him. But I did threaten him one night. 
you know, he just thought he was above himself, you know, in my mind. And I guess I, I guess I don't give a shit. But he ultimately in St. Louis, when we were playing Chicago with the playoffs. Um, well, I guess I'll tell the story. Eh? Yeah. No, well, I'm not looking for a job anyway. <laughs> um, he uh, so anyway, in St. Louis, we had a pretty tight group. We had like, we had, you know, like the kids that hung around the rink and the stick boys and stuff. And, we, you know, and it might not surprise you that an awful lot of great Saskatchewan guys went through St. Louis and still love it who's or, or else live there now or whatever because it's fabulous so anyway um we're playing chicago with the playoffs and uh after the first period i come in the locker room we got a little players lounge and we're in the old arena at that time it's it's quite a dump really like but but it's our dump and so i walk into the uh lounge the players lounge in between periods and the other guys are in the room and our Stick boy, who happens to be the visiting team stick boy this this night, is in the corner crying. And so I uh, went up to him. I said, "Hey, kid, what's going on? Like, you all right? Like, he goes, oh, Garth, you don't worry about it. you got a big game." I said, "No, no, no, I'm fine. Like, what's going on?" He goes, "Well, I don't want to tell." I said, "No, hey, like, good. Like, tell me." He goes, "Well, and we were we were beating them, and we're not supposed to, and we we're beating them pretty good." And uh, he goes, I was in there, you know, sitting up with the sticks on the wall, like for the guys the way I do. And and he goes, like Mike Keenan came in and starts ripping on the guys, and he turned around at me and he said, "You, you're fucking schlep rock, you're fucking bad luck, get the fuck out of here!" Like it ripped on me. And so um, I said, "Okay," I said, "Don't worry about it, kid. Stay the fuck away from him." So we go up for in between skates and you're supposed to stay in your own half, but the little circle skate before the period starts was me standing in front of the bench, the Chicago Blackhawks bench. It's my stick point of Mike Keenan, basically tell him I was going to fucking kill him. Whenever I saw him on the street one day, you're going to be dead meat. What are you ever going to do if someone treats your kid like that? You fucking chicken shit, asshole, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I'm laughing because the Blackhawks don't like him either, right? So Chelly's Chelly's skating by me, going like, even Grimmer, like, and I'm fucking like this other coach, and they're kind of no one's coming in, like, because they don't they don't like him either. So anyway, my opinion, other people will tell you he's a good guy. I don't like him. I think he's a bad guy, and uh, that's actually a factual thing that happened. And uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So going into that draft, do you have any expectations where you're going to be? I know we talked about your, you know, when these guys signed you to be an agent or got you uh, on with them, but when you went right into the draft, did you have any idea you were going to go that high? Yeah, I thought I was going to go a lot higher, actually. Oh. I was rated fourth. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't even know. I, I actually don't even know what the final rankings were. I could tell you that was that fall day when it was like, holy shit. Well, yeah. I got to stop breaking curfew <laughs> as much, <laughs> not all the time. Uh, so no, no, it, it, um, there's the draft story. So it was actually, it was in Detroit and Nashville and, and I told this, so the draft's coming up and everybody goes to the draft, right? Like, like every, I didn't go, I had a biology test. So my agent was her pitter at the time. He's going, hey Garth, like you're gonna go in top ten, like you know, like I, like I, well, yeah, like it's in Montreal, and I don't want to go to Montreal. And he goes, well, you know, 
So, and I had a biology test draft day. Like literally, I'm in grade 12, I got a biology test. I had L2 and I had taken a couple of classes, um, summer school classes, not because we needed from the year before, but we, we took them ahead of time so that our our draft year, our 17, 18 year old year, whatever it was, was was a little less, was a little lighter in school. But I had a biology test. So so anyway, he goes, Well, you want to come to the draft? Like, we'll pay for you to go to the draft. And I go, Yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. Like it again, the call it stupid, call it naive, call it whatever you want. I forego going to the draft, even though apparently I was going to get drafted very high. And so I'm sleeping. You know, it's three heads, three hours ahead there. Or it was two at that time, whatever. And so like my dad comes down and wakes me up and goes, hey, there's a phone call for you. And I go, okay. I'll answer the phone. I'm in the basement. Me and Trotsy's basement there. And <laughs> answer the phone. And he goes, hey, Garth, this is Jake Milford from the Vancouver Canucks. Happy to tell you we just drafted you in the first round. And I said, oh, that's great. I said, where did you guys pick? We picked 10th. We can't believe we got you there. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I just remember that when it's time to sign. But anyway. <laughs> um, he goes, yeah, we can't believe you're still there. We got you 10th overall. I said, oh, that's great. He goes like, hey, um, you know, love to get you out to Vancouver. You know, like all the stuff like that. And I kind of, I go, like, I look at the clock and I go, you know, Mr. Milford, uh, I'd love to talk to you anytime, but I really got to run. I got a biology test. He goes, what? I go, like, I got, I got my final biology test and I gotta, I gotta get out of here. And so he's like, oh, okay. Do you mind if we call you later? I said, oh, anytime. <laughs> and I put on my clothes and I run and I go to school. And, and like, I'm literally walking through Tom Collegiate, you know, that's my alma mater in Regina, my brothers and sisters too. And I'm, I'm walking, I'm walking through the hallways and like the people who know me are like, give me a high five. And the other people are going like, like, and I'm going like, what? <laughs> I, and I walk into the my biology test. So I remember this, Mr. Heavysides, Bill Heavysides, who who was a friend as well as a teacher. Teachers treated me pretty good. Obviously, they were they were hockey fans and they were good good guys and ladies. And um, and I walked in and Bill Heavysides literally mouthed mouth the words to me, "What the fuck are you doing here?" <laughs> What did you, uh, you end up going to Vancouver and everything. And then the last year you get called up, but you know, when did you sign, uh, what did you sign for signing bonus? And what did you do with the cash? We always ask guys that question. <laughs> well, I, um, I didn't sign. I was a holdout. <laughs> there was such a thing in the early eighties. Um, I just, I, you know, they offered me whatever 10th overall money was at that time. And I said, yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm good. I mean, pastor paid me two fifty a month. I mean, God, well, yeah, you, you know, my my car is a bit of a gas guzzler, but uh, two fifty a month buy all the pills that you need, right? So, it's uh, so I I didn't sign, and that was kind of it turned out to be a thing a little bit later because I didn't sign. Um, I went to actually this is a funny story. So, didn't sign. Uh, World Juniors comes up. I go to camp. I'm not in very good shape. Might have happened to get into a fight in the bar in front of Hockey Canada. And I'm not necessarily on their wish list, even though I'm having a pretty good, pretty good year. 
So I get the call. They've already gone to training camp for World Juniors. Well, not, not many people know the story. I guess a few more will know now. Oh, I think Habby told it. Yeah, this is. This is told you, Habby? Yeah. Well, well, let's see if it's the same version because I was actually there. So, so I don't, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm captain, I'm 18. I'm captain of the team. I like the guy. And it's like my mom and dad live in Regina. I'm having a Christmas party. I'm having all the boys over. And so, because I mean, the biggest thing you have to remember is this was just not that big a deal at the time. Like, right. It was previous to previous to that year was ultimately if the Peterborough Peets won the Memorial Cup the year before, they'd add Wayne Gretzky and uh, Gardner and whoever and make a team that would go over and be unsuccessful at, at the World Juniors. It's the first year that they ever actually put an all-star team together from Canada, which you got the hat. So I need that hat. I'll trade you. Well, I won't trade you my blues hat, but I'll <laughs> take one of those hats. So, so, so it just was like, I don't care. And it's Christmas time. It's time. We finally got like a few days off to meet the family. Like I, whatever. It's not a thing. So they call me up. It happens to be the night that I've got all the boys over and I'm having a Christmas party for the Pats. And they call me to ask me, and I, I'm in the basement in the, my lower level there, Trotsky's of my spot. And, and uh, that's the phone. And it's like, I think it was Bob Strum, maybe. It might have been Sherry Bass. And say, hey, Garth, um, we need you to come to Winnipeg. I go, what do you mean? I thought you guys were done. Like, I thought you got your team. They said, like, no, um, we we think we're missing something. We really want you to join the team. I go, well, like, is, is training camp over? Like, what do you mean join the team? Like, I'm assuming I got to try out. Or, or they said, well, no, we know what you do. Like, we're fine. Like, like we're, we want you to come join the team. We've made the decision. And I, I have no – this time I'm thinking – who makes this decision? I don't, Hockey Canada? Like, I'm thinking it's like Dave King. No, it's like 80 people, like whatever they're old. To, but I don't know. And I'm kind of, and in the meantime, I'm going, hey, guys, keep it down just for a second, will you? Like, like having a, like the parties in the background. And so ultimately, um, I go, look, I said, I don't know. It's like Christmas time and all that. You know, my sister and her kids are going to be here. Give me a call back tomorrow because now is not a great time. Okay, we'll call you tomorrow. And I hang up the phone and it's just like, well, whatever, party on, away we go. And I get a call the next day and think about it. And I go, okay, well, I'll come in. So um, they fly me in, it's in what it's half in Winnipeg, half in Minnesota, they fly me into Winnipeg. We have a practice and um, we're all sitting around the locker room and then they call Al McGinnis out of the room and cut him. And Al is my friend from, the blue, I hadn't seen him. I was so happy to see him when I, you know, from the SJHL that, you know, one year before. And I, I had no idea that that's what the plan was or that's what was going on. I was, yeah, you're in. And that was kind of the, the story. And then, and then it turned out to be one of the best experiences of my life that I basically was, you know, turned out to be like, you know, in those days it was, so you were part of the group that you guys were arm in arm singing the Canadian national anthem. Yeah. And you know why, right? Because they didn't have the anthem. They didn't have the anthem. I told someone that the other day, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's a memory, right? Because that's played so often at, at, at world, world junior time. Well, it, it, it is a thing, right? And we, so I don't know if you guys remember, like the old Met Center in Minnesota, like we used to, we used to stay in some pretty nice places. 
you know, for those days, nowadays it's a little different. They don't stay anywhere. They just get on their plane. But, uh, you know, it was the Marriott that you walked across to the Met Center in Minnesota where it was, and that was the arena. Nice enough arena and all that. But there wasn't much around it. And so that year was a round-robin year. They didn't have the metal round, so basically that's what it was. So they figured whoever was U.S. and whoever they played in their last game, Sweden or whoever was, or Russia was, was going to be the final. So we literally got on a bus outside of the Marriott looking at the Met Center where the gold medal game should be played, but it ain't because we're in the U.S. and that's where they're playing it. And we drove to this crappy, shitty little rink in Rochester. Nobody in the building, no Canadian anthem, like nothing, and played the gold medal game. And it was the gold medal game. So that's yeah. I didn't I didn't know the the story to that extent. So that so when so when do you sign with uh, Vancouver and for what? Somewhere in the I guess the spring, um, the spring the following year. So after the World Juniors. Um, because I wasn't signed, they could call me up, but I could play a maximum of five games. So the night before my 19th birthday, I played my first game in Madison Square Garden. A little different than the Kinsman, apparently, but, <laughs> you know. Um, so I played five games, and I remember after five games, I hadn't had a fight. And it was like I was going, like, I got to fight. I can't go back to Regina without having a fight. So I saw the biggest guy on the ice was – uh, Paul Mulvey for LA and I went after him for, and he's just like, what? I'm like, I just got to fight. <laughs> I got to like, so anyway, that was five games that I signed. And then uh, I joined the Canucks for the 82 run, but I, I couldn't join them until my junior team was done because I hadn't signed. So we happened to go to the finals against Portland. It's a whole nother, that was a whole nother gong show. And, and so I joined the Canucks, you know, partway through the run and, sat in the press box and in the Oregon in Chicago. And, and then um, did you buy, did you buy the Corvette or the van? I never bought a Corvette. I bought an 82 Supra with my son. Oh. 82 was the big year. Deadly. The time they became sports cars. Yeah. And that's, I tell that story all the time too, because, you know, all of us dummies went out and spent our signing bonus on fancy cars or whatever. And Troy Volhoffer bought a stage. Yeah. And lights. I think he might have had a better figure out than us. <laughs> What's so uh, you asked my contract? My contract was I got so I ended up getting, even though I didn't get fourth overall in the draft, I ended up getting the fourth best contract. Nice. I'm Dale Howard Chuck, uh, Doug Smith in LA. And Ron Francis was in that draft. Ronnie Francis was fourth. That draft, so I think I got the fourth best contract. So the fourth best contract in nineteen, the nineteen eighty one draft in nineteen eighty two, me holding out was eighty five ninety, ninety five a hundred. Um, only one year of it was two way. Guess which year I played the most of the minors was that two way year. I got. Um, 90 to sign, 30, 30, 30, and then I had an additional um, 50 or 40 in games played. So games played bonuses, which I, I got, obviously. So 
yeah, that was like going, man, I think of all the Porsches I can buy with that. But, but I forgot that uh, I didn't realize the Canadian government actually took half of it, <laughs> you know, before you're even done. So it, you know, it's, it's funny because it was a lot of money, I guess, in those days. But when half of it's going to taxes and you actually got to buy suits and fancy cars and play the role and there's a there's a story too though that when you played with the Canucks, didn't you have like a summer job selling cars or something? I did. Well, I <laughs> so I had my Supra, right? Yeah. And and um, that was my car. And my girlfriend had a Camaro. And um, that's a whole other drawback for the World Juniors too. I don't know if you guys know, but so my wife is Mark Morrison's sister. You know, Mark Morrison coaches the Winnipeg, whatever they're called, Moose, Moose, right? Yeah. Him and I played together the World Juniors. I call him because he lives in their houses in Tawasson, which is right by the where you take the ferry to go to Victoria. I call him. She answers the phone. I end up going up and date with her. And her and I have been married for 39 years now. And so anyway, I get married. And all of a sudden, the Camaro wasn't hers. It was her mom's, apparently. So now I've got a Supra. And I got no money because it's summertime. And I told you the government took half, right? And um, I'm sitting there going, so I need I need to get my own wife a car. So I go back to Jim Pattison Toyota in Surrey. And I go, you know, I got to trade this in for two cars. <laughs> Really, it's just like it ain't the highlight. Right? It, it, it's not that glamorous. Then, like, yeah, we were having fun, but anyway. So, anyway, I I do, but I me being a car guy, they happen to have just out of a fluke. There's a '60 Caddy convertible sitting there, and so I traded in my Supra and I came home with a. 60 caddy convertible and a 74 Corolla for my new wife. <laughs> she didn't go over great. I mean, I'll admit it didn't go over great because I did bring her to Regina for her honeymoon too, because Altour's wedding was the next next week and I was best pants. So she got to she got to go to Regina for a honeymoon, then we came back, and then I bought her a 74 used Corolla for her car, and I bought me a 60 caddy convertible, which really didn't make any sense whatsoever. It didn't even fit in the garage. And so, um, so anyway, the guy calls me back and he goes, Hey, Garth, are you coming and see me? And I said, sure. And he goes, Hey, uh, you beat us up with that car deal so much. Like, do you, do you want to sell cars for us? And I said, well, you know, I got a job, right? And he goes, I know who you are. He goes, but he goes, I got this thing, you know, you do some radio spots for us. Um, someone's on holidays. You can come in and take a shift or two if you feel like it, or just send your people our way. And he goes, I said, all right, sounds all right. He goes, I'll give you a car to drive. So I got free brand new Supra, free Forerunner, free whatever I wanted. And the summer ends, and I go back to him. And I say, I just want to bring the car back. He goes, no, oh, that's yours. Keep it. So my whole time in Vancouver, I had free whatever I wanted. <laughs> How many years did you do that? Nine, ten. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's yeah, no, it was, and again, nowadays guys get cars all the time. It's not a big deal, but it was not many did back then. And I sold a few. That's, I had to sell a few the way I was living. 
<laughs> well, you're getting the spiffs. Uh, yeah, no, like before, uh, before we let you go, we got to ask you what your uh, favorite, you talked about him. You lived in your basement. What's your favorite Barry Trot story? Trotsy, um, you know, first of all, like I, t- I told you, I talked to him in Nashville the other day when I was there and stuff. Um, he, Trotsy was uh, like, he lived in my basement and he was a far better act than I was. He was, he was always, he was, he was always the serious guy and the dedicated guy and he's good. So I, I'd probably have to tell you and won't mention any other names of who, but it, you know, Trotsy would be home for curfew and I wouldn't necessarily be home. And we had no cell phones then either. It was just like, you're out, you're out. Right. So, um, but sometimes I'd send wherever I was at, like maybe Delberts or, checkers or wherever i was i just got to send the party to my house <laughs> and of course he couldn't go in the front door because i didn't want to wake mom and dad so trotsy quite often we had kind of one of those by levels that had you know a decent sized little basement window that only slim people could fit through not me obviously but um so i wouldn't be home yet and trotsy'd be doing his in bed getting ready for practice the next day and he'd start hearing knocks on the window. So Trotsy is underneath our deck in the dog run. Trotsy'd be letting people in the basement window. And just and I'd come walking through the door, like just pump and Trotsy'd just be shaking his head at me, going, Are you kidding me? I go like, what buddy? Like, stop being so serious. And he's like, no. Like, and he really was. He was um, I took his, I went to Dauphin, Manitoba for Dauphin days, and I and I ripped there in my Supra. Yeah, I went flying into town. And again, Trotsy was always so uh, modest and low-key and, you know, honest. And, and it was literally so, you know, the, the parade's going on. And so I, I grabbed his little sister. I said, come on, let's go get my car washed. I grabbed his little sister and the whole family goes to the parade. And they're worried sick because I've kidnapped, you know, Trotsy's sister. And she's younger than him. He the parade. And it was just kind of came up. The parade was going on. And I just kind of pulled in. I said, hey, honey, stand on the console. Wave out the wave out the sunroof like this, you know. Trotsy's mom and dad were awesome, awesome people as well. We're going through the parade, and they're like just in shock. All of a sudden, there's a shiny new Supra coming through the parade, and she's out waving like she's the queen. You know, it's just it's good stuff. That's uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for for hopping on the old Monday nooner here and uh, sharing some of the old stories. And we totally appreciate it. Totally, guys. You thanks, guys. All the best. Interview wrap-up 2020 Geomatics, Malcolm Vanstone, land surveying subdivision. If you're thinking about selling some land, but you want to keep the home quarter in the family and uh, not move off the land, but sell the farmland, 2020 Geomatics can get it looked after for you. They'll do all the paperwork. They'll do all the fine print and uh, get the job done right. Malcolm Vanstone, 2020 Geomatics. Last Mountain Distillery. Speaking of what we're going to talk about, senior hockey and all their products, it is Caesar season all the time. Last month, they got some cool coolers coming out, I hear, for Country Thunder this year. Yeah, so Last Mountain and the local brand, local vodka is also them donating back to charity. So thanks so much to Last Mountain for sponsoring the player of the week tarps this year for senior hockey. Hopefully they're back next year. So I saw a few guys wearing the old big senior hockey tarps that call them a cloud Talbot marketing made. I like, 
I like when guys wear this swag and you're like, you, like I'll have my Nooner hat on and I'll be walking and someone will have theirs on and they'll look at me and look at me and they'll give me the, like they don't know who I am, but they'll give me the head nod, like the hey, nice hat. When people used to drive like, I like those lower Honda Civics. Yeah, that were lowered. Yeah, they always Boiler just season. Wave yeah. at each other. Yeah, the one figure. <laughs> I, uh, speaking of that belts, it's auction season and I've been on the road Quite a bit the last couple of weeks, a lot of sales yep. running into a lot of faces and farmers and listeners in the Southeast. Today, I got asked for two Ritchie Brothers hats and two Nooner hats. Nice. I had four different hat requests. Two were for Nooner, two were for Ritchie Bros. One guy wheeled in. What did he say to me? And I was like, it was, yeah, I can't remember. But I didn't know he recognized me from the Monday Nooner. But then he's like, oh, yeah. Anyway. That's not a bad uh, Ritchie Brothers hat you got on right now. Call him a cloud nice. those. I don't know. I don't know. No, that's, those are our, it's a nice Bucky. Those are our hats. Those are our Team Canada hats. Same hat. Nice I think Bucky. we should do an uh, RB Manooner collab. You know, team up like for it. some uh, something. Let's do it. See how that goes. You should, we should do it. And it just like has A C T and then S Z N on a patch. Auction season. season. It's always auction season. Buzzing. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, senior hockey. Where do, how about the Balcaris score there? Broncos win yeah. and the viral video and how funny Actually, that was. Uh, it could have been bad. Yeah, I went to game five, went the distance. Grenfell won game four. So went to game five, decisive game in Balcaris on April 1st. Boots on the ground from Kellen uh, Enslev. He was texting me. I couldn't go along. I was boots on the ground in Rolo, actually. But uh Yeah. A lot of the guys I was with in Rolo were senior, former senior guys or current senior guys. So it was like two one Bronx, and then it was four one Bronx, and six one Bronx, and then and then uh, got the text. Bernie just KO'd a guy. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, Justin Bernhardt just one punched a guy. So uh, yeah, that caught me off guard. So Bernie dropped the mitts late in the game when the series was over. I guess there was a guy Hollinger who was kind of. Uh, being a pest to him. So Bernie dropped the mitts and took care of him. But then obviously the viral video is a good fellow by the name of Brandon Cater. I think he's a realtor actually in Regina with Ryan Bender in the Benz group there in Regina. But uh, he sent the video in. I tweeted it out. I didn't think it would go like viral or anything. And then Spit and Chicklets had shared it out on their account. And then all of a sudden Brandon's video that I had posted from our page is viral. And I kind of felt bad that, uh, we didn't give him any proper video creds for that, but uh, he's a really good guy. He, he's always smiling. He, he was just shaking that off. Yeah, no, I think he, he got. Over. I apologized. Offered him some nooner swag. Still got to get him some. But uh, yeah, Bernie driving the Zamboni and uh, a bunch of the fellas sitting on top. And I did have somebody tell me, like, I think people had the perception this was right after the game. I don't think it was right after the game. I think it was like one or two in the early morning. morning. Yeah, it wasn't like. 9.30 right after the fans left. That was a deep, uh, deep in the night video. Sounds like Gubba's uh, basement floor was full of guys that night doing a little sleepover in Belcaris. But I saw Bernie at the Pats game and he had a black eye. And I'm like, so did you KO a guy or did you get KO'd? Like, what's the story? You got a black eye. Apparently it was the night before he got hit into the uh, the Dasher wall, left him with a black eye. But yeah, congratulations to Belcaris. We chirped sure them all did. year. Chirped the them all year. No longer. They got it done. So congratulations uh, 
Two Bell Cares, Coppell Valley Highway Hockey League champions, final oh. senior league to wrap. You know what I thought? I was actually really happy for Gubba. Gubs. Getting yeah. a banner. Yeah, you bet. Gubsy. Let's um let's talk a bit about the Sask Alta boys from Wainwright. They hoisted the senior double A provincial banner in the in Alberta. And there's that tournament, right? It seemed like it was a, a success. Yeah, I uh, I saw we got tagged in a few of those. I think Elk Point was in the bronze medal game. I'm trying to think of who Wainwright played again. I, I'm not going to lie. I took a little bit of a hiatus from uh, following things real closely once we got into April here. And the Masters was on and it was Easter weekend. So I didn't exactly... Uh, Follow it that closely, but congratulations to Wainwright. Actually, their junior B team won provincials that weekend too, which is kind of cool. They got two provincial champions there in one weekend. Do you know but, what? Uh, they, they beat uh, they beat the Sikka Buffaloes six yeah. to one in the final. No, wow. that was just in the second period. I don't know what the final, but that's who they played in the final. Sikka, yeah, I know we've we've uh, Garth butchered that name before. i think the other teams were uh elk point and spirit river and that was the uh, bronze medal game not sure who uh won that like i said i don't pay attention after april the uh first i do want to say though yeah fellas we're recording right now fellas got boots on the ground in different places i think barry's down in in uh, arizona maybe belts is in his normal basement Buzzing. location and i am in the ramada inn in carlisle saskatchewan I had a nice steak uh supper here when i got here from the office bar and grill fantastic spot place was absolutely buzzing i wanted to put a couple vlt uh 20s in but it was packed i it was too full in there so let me get in i'm staying in carlisle for a couple nights here auction season i actually popped my head in the uh office there like i mentioned to grab some food and i heard some rumblings fellas about the carlisle 10k private jets i wonder if they use this hotel when their guys come in from alberta for a weekend uh what if they have, have, a, have a masseuse on hand yeah team discount team. sounds like they are already going all in for next season i like it like they're not waiting you know to get in contact with guys she's a now she's oh, now triple Go triple A Monday Sooners on board. Let's we'll do help it. out. Yeah, talk to that guy from Dundas. He'll get you looked after. Can't remember his name. Not good with names, but uh, sounds like they're offering a bunch of guys four figures a game and uh, telling telling these guys, keep our offers close to your chest vest. They don't want word getting out, but apparently uh, the Carlisle PJs, Private jets, 10Ks, are throwing money around. Actually, a guy from the uh, HBC podcast there had kind of given us some insight on that, too. I don't know if he wanted to be known, named or not, but... Uh... Um, interesting. Let's get into this. <laughs> it's like Bobby Hull signing the, the million-dollar contract in the WHA. $1,000 a game in senior hockey... Is, is anybody worth that? No. No. Not in a big six regular season game when there's 175 people in the stands on a Saturday in Oxbow. No. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It can't get to that, can it? That's I... crazy. Then we're not charging enough. That is crazy. A thousand, thousand a game, senior, and like you said, there's a lot of sleepers in, November, in December. S and Gs. We're gonna be out of a podcast because I might. Uh, yeah, if I was getting a thousand bucks a lot. game. Yeah, I'm currently batter, batter, battling a serious uh, infection or sickness. Like you're going to the game, you could be puking, like not feeling good. But I'm gonna oh, go yeah. collect my G. Like I'm not you're gonna playing. not go. I yeah. I have AIDS. I can't walk. <laughs> Fucking, I'm going. We're going. Thousand bucks cash. That's um. Nah, I can't. It can't go there. Just can't. Can't see it. I'm I'm really curious though. In the next few weeks, when we start hearing about players and teams, right? Like we talked about Craig. You know, they're going to be looking for a league next year, and different chatter on the on the front there from senior hockey teams. Um, actually. Where they're gonna so go. Reacher the other night actually at the Pats game too. Mike Reach apologized for my uh, <laughs> the comment I made about him beating up a. I'm not even going to say it again, but apparently he didn't <laughs> love the comment. I went up to him and I just said, "Hey, buddy, I just you know how it is. I'm not chirping you. The guy was asking for it, and yeah, I think we, I think Reach and I, uh, what do you say, mended that fence or what's the saying, belt. That sounds perfect. Yeah, yeah. He came to me at the up, up to me at one of the games too, all angry about that. So, yeah, he didn't seem too bad when I talked. No, to him. he's a good sport. We had to have, we had to have fun with him. It's because we know him. He said he doesn't know about next year. He's like, I hardly played this year, Baz. That's Buddy. what he says. He'll be back. Full of shit. He'll be. What a banner, Sweetland banner. No, it'll be. Uh, hopefully, actually, hopefully they get into. Uh, one of the other that leaders. that I think is key. If depends where they get in, like if they're back in the sweet land, he won't. But if they get into a better league that's closer, he will. Get I think he's bu- yeah. he's buzzing all the time with his kids on the ice, so he's probably not wanting to do five hour road trips. But yeah, if anybody has any news or notes from senior hockey, your teams, your leagues, rumblings, it doesn't have to be legit. It can be rumors. We'll we'll roll with it a little bit. Uh, yeah, send it our way, and we'll talk about it next show, which will be end of the month. Okay, uh, time for take a see. No, you know what? Can we go to tirade? Who's tirade for? I have a good, I have a tirade. Giver, high tech profiles, beauties. Trent, Trent Meyer, Benny's what dad. What do they do again, Brandon? Anything metal and steel. Anything metal fabrication. Pits. Yeah, if you got a project that involves metal, 25 years in Regina, location in Saskatoon, locally owned and operated, weapons, former junior hockey players and such involved. Yeah. Love a hockey guy, girl. Good group. Really good. Anyway, what's your tirade? Uh, okay, so I've had this stupid sciatic <laughs> nerve issue, and anyone that's ever had it, like I remember laughing about it when I was terrible younger. Oh my God, it is like literally a pain in your ass. Um, and it kind of went into my back and then now, but you've had a chain or, you know what it's all about. And <laughs> this is about a week and a half ago. Like when we were skating someone, and I'm not going to name names. I'm talking about it. And guess what they said? Why it hurts. They're, they're just a, they're a tinfoil head. They said, well, 
Did you get the vaccine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, what? They're like, yeah. Well, you know, your body's going to do different things. And da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm even getting into this conversation right now with you. Or that I, I took the time to talk to you. Like, we might never talk again. You are so weird. And they're like, yeah, the body. And I said, yeah, you know what? To each their own. I followed science. Uh, brother-in-law's a doctor. I kind of trust him. And I'm like, oh, you think my sciatic nerve is acting up because I'm double vaxxed? <laughs> like, <laughs> that is fucking so bizarre. Keep that shit to yourself. Big vaccine guy. Yeah. We're not going around calling you guys nuts anymore. It's kind of old news. You want to yeah. wear a mask. People, like, same thing. People don't want to wear a mask. Wear a mask. I don't give a shit. No one cares. But don't start spewing your narrative about fucking I'm injured or things are happening because I'm double vaxxed. Oh, my. What if? So that's my tirade for high-tech <laughs> profiles. <laughs> that's funny. Classic. Yeah, I got. Uh, well, let's get into take a seat for the rusty shovel. Landscape season is literally here. Seems like probably things are ramping up over at the shovel. I imagine they've still got oh, some yeah. inventory. I know they do. So if the snow in your backyard is starting to melt, and you're like, how do we live in this mess, this shithole of a yard? Like, let's, yeah. let's spruce this thing up. Let's get some paving stones or some turf or whatever else they can do. Call the Rusty Shovel. Look them up online. Google them. They're really good on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, get some ideas and do your landscaping with the shovel. If you are one of those people that you don't have your front yard done and you have weeds and they blow to the neighbor's yard or your backyard and then your neighbors get weeds and all that, don't be an asshole. Like, do something to your yard. What if you're, like, parking your mud guy, like the front yard, they just park in it? Yeah. And then guaranteed loud muffler guy. For sure. Yeah. Just, what are you doing? Thanks for, you know, and you have... (laughs) Uh, so I man, I look about our old neighbors. Oh, this guy was such a piece of white trash. Oh, like he was such a loser. Yeah, and just loud muffler guy parked on his lawn. Oh, you're you're a real winner. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, seats. Take a seat. Take a seat. Take a, you know what? He can take a seat. Take a seat. Fucking. Oh, me and Barney talked about this before. So take a seat, the old strep throat. I'll tell you, I've had this thing. I've had this four times since freaking December. And now I was telling Shank, I got to get my tonsils out. They're like, yeah, it's like too many times. Like you got it. You have to get them out. I'm like, what? It's uh... it's going to be the worst two weeks of your life, but then you'll be deadly. Like your, your whole body's going to feel better. You'll feel like you are basically like infected all the time. He said. Hey, are you double vaxxed? I'm double vaxxed. That must be why. But I yeah, actually just so... got it belts a couple weeks ago too. I was feeling super shitty and I'd been at my nephew's birthday party. Yeah. I was just like sluggish. It was Wednesday. My mom's like, how's your week? Texted me. I'm like, oh, I've been rough. She's like, yeah, all the kids at the party uh, have strep throat. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I sat at one of those uh, walk-in clinics on a Saturday morning at Norman View. Yeah. Survived two hours in there. You're a, that's a full day's uh, a entertainment. One guy was assaulted the night before. I'm like, allegedly, I'm like, why are you at a walk-in clinic if you were like literally assaulted? ER. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah I, so I don't I, know. 
I don't know. I was telling Shank, I don't know a ton of guys, but I actually know two guys. I, I was talking about this and two guys I know were like, yeah, I had one guy had his out last year. He's my age. And he's like, yeah, the first two weeks are awful, but you're just basically baked for two weeks. So they give you so many pain meds. But he said, uh, yeah. So you, I he's thought so the tonsils were for tonsillitis, but that's strep throat too. Might be oh, a dumb yeah. question. The whole, the whole, I think it's because that's where all the bacteria kind of get. I don't know. That's what they were telling me. They're like, yeah, you got to get them out. I thought it was for like I thought you outgrow them at some point in your life. I'm. I was just like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I get like strep I once a year, every year. I've had it four times in the last freaking three months. Oh, it's awful, man. It's awful. And it the is. lady I went and the and I had to go. So I started feeling it like on Friday and sat, you know, some, and it feels like when it, for me, when it first come started, it could be a cold, right? So whatever. Yeah. And then by Sunday, I was like, oh, I don't feel very good. So my wife's like, you better go get tested. So I went down and the lady that swabbed me, I went to the walk in too. And she swabbed me and she's like, okay, well, we'll let you know when the uh, tests come back. Well, if we weren't a third world country and our freaking healthcare system was such garbage, like I had to wait like 50 hours for that test to come back where if I was in like Arizona, Barney could have went and got it done in like 10 minutes. Like, yeah, I've never been tested. Every time oh, they really? open, they're open your throat, they're like, oh yeah, here's some uh, yeah, amoxicillin, good to go. She's like, no, not until it comes back. We won't give you Two days later, so you'll then, feel better. So then the last two days, I've been like, oh my God, I feel awful. I've just been gargling with salt water and like lozenges and Advil just to keep the pain away. And then finally today it came back and I was like, oh, thank God. So just started antibiotics today, but yeah, yeah I got freaking uh, awful. I got my wisdom teeth out oh, and you know how good. everyone says how terrible that is. Yeah. And I never got them out before, obviously. So I didn't yeah. know. Turns out I picked up strep when I got them out. Oh. So I'm like six days into wisdom. Oh. teeth, And like, I'm literally, it hurts so bad. I'm literally oh. up all night spitting into a bucket because like it was, it was oh, terrible. I lost terrible. like eight or 10 pounds in a week. Cause I couldn't eat, couldn't drink. And I, I thought it was my wisdom teeth. I go to the doctor. He's like, your throat is almost swollen shut from strep throat. Like literally. Oh. Yeah. It's terrible. That would be That's awful. our uh, medical segment this week. Yeah, doctor of the week. Hey, yeah. if you want, if you want to know border patrol or medical or medicine, this is the podcast. Very the pod, elementary level discussions on both. <laughs> uh, I surprisingly, I don't really have a take a seat. I got one. Do it. The Dalai Lama. <laughs> Did you hear about that guy? No. Yeah, he's no. like apparently like a hundred times creepy. There's like some videos on Twitter of him with some like, yeah. Anyway, I'm not. It's just creepy Dalai Lama guy. Take a seat. I love that Bruce, what is his name? Kepka? At the Masters guy? Glad Brooks. I didn't win. Yeah, glad I didn't win. The whole, like, when Liv first came out, I was kind of against it, but now I'm kind of like, I'm not you know against what? it. I'm not I'm against, not against at it at all. No, I just think the guy's a massive. Pig. Oh, he's a pitch. When he had that pylon for Aaron Eckblatt, <laughs> when he was at the <laughs> Panthers game, he is a pitch for sure. That's all I got. Rusty shovel. What did we miss? I think we got most of it other than uh, let letting everybody know we've got some new merch in the works, courtesy oh, of yeah. GB Construction. We're just kind of floating some things out there with our uh, graphics designing uh, team. <laughs> trying to get it, the trying to get it sealed team. up yeah. before summer where they take holidays. We need some new, uh, we need some summer merch. If anyone has any ideas, float them our way. I'm sure. We'll get them. 
picked up. Nina Nye short. I'm trying to get Mrs. S to join and make her first ever nooner appearance. Or she just went back shopping. We need a nice bikini for the ladies. <laughs> um, nice hey, what about Richie Brothers? <laughs> ah, it's always auction season. Record uh, record pricing this spring. You guys, I don't know if you follow the equipment market at all. Absolutely but, uh, zero. <laughs> it's a wild ride out there. It's things like are it's selling. super expensive right now. Oh, it's the, like supply demand thing hasn't resolved itself at all. Right. The new stuff has gone up like astronomically. So the used market is just so anyone selling right now, like it's, I mean, you're cashing in the business decision, right? You're, you're cashing in at the most opportune time. I think there's been as long as I know anyway, I can't speak about decades ago, but the market is piping hot. For sure. Love there it. There we go. Richie Brothers, check out all the sales. Maybe you'll even see Brandon at one giving up giving out hats. Down yeah. to Carry Carryvale tomorrow, boys. Carryvale yeah. tomorrow, big sale. Let's go. All right. We're back in a couple of weeks. Later. Later.